very good morning to all of you and welcome to Brighton Low Baptist Church and a warm welcome to those of you who are joining us online. There is a place for all of us in God's family. No one is excluded, left behind or barred from entry. Those of you watching online belong as much as those of us who are here. Everyone is welcome in God's family. No one will be shunned, given the cold shoulder or snubbed. So look around you now and let me invite you just to take a moment to welcome each other. We and everybody else are all part of God's family. So I invite you to stand. We're still COVID cautious, so hugs might not be appropriate, but fist bumps or elbows or whatever works, but just say to each other, you are welcome here this morning. I know once you start doing this kind of thing, it's difficult to stop, but on the screen are the words of the grace. And can I invite you, I know it's all backwards to do this at the beginning, but let's do this as a prayer and just ask for God's blessing upon us as we say these words together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. What wonder of grace is this? What wonder of grace is this? What story of write these words, by faith we have been made acceptable to God and now because of our Lord Jesus Christ we live at peace with God. 
Christ has also introduced us to God's undeserved kindness, on which we take our stand. So we're happy as we look forward to sharing in the glory of God. I am a new creation. or not, I'm going to give you a chance to sit down for a moment. And there's a responsive prayer on the screen. We say together the words in yellow. In your presence, in this place, we come to you, almighty God. You are the God we adore. You are the reason for our being, and our being here. You are the God we adore. You are the one who created us, who breathed life into us. You are the God we adore. You are the giver of love, the welcomer to all. You are the God we adore. And almighty God, as we gather, we are humbled by your greatness by your generosity and justice. You are the God we adore. And together, we offer you our prayers for who you are and what you are. You are the God we adore. Amen. So we sing together, blessed be your name.
Writing to the church in Philippi, Paul said these words. He was in prison at the time, facing a possible death sentence. He said, I'm not complaining about having too little. I've learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. I know what it is to be poor or to have plenty, and I've lived under all kinds of conditions. I know what it means to be full or to be hungry, to have too much or too little. Christ gives me the strength to face anything. We're living in a world where the gap between rich and poor seems to be widening ever more. There are some people that have so much, they don't know what to do with it, actually. They, they have an abundance and plenty, more than they, they can possibly manage actually to spend just on themselves. Then you get the people actually that actually have plenty for themselves, but some of the glass half full people, you know, always wishing that they had more than they had already, that the top half of the glass wasn't empty, that, that they had more than they've got. And because they have this kind of sense of lack, they don't enjoy what they've got. They're all, always wishing that they had a bit more just to make up for the lack that they have. And then you get the people who may only have a small glass, but it's full. And they're quite content with that. And they're not bothered that the person with the, the glass half-empty actually has more than them. Although they have less than the glass half-empty person, they are quite happy with what they've got. It's enough for them. Then you get the people who have, if they're really, really careful, just enough to get by. And, and because they're right up against it, they're not bothered actually about the fact that there is so much that they haven't got, they're just deeply grateful that they've got just enough. And they will make that stretch and last and be glad that they have enough resources to get them through. Attitude is everything. It's not how much or how little you have that matters. It's the attitude that you have. And then, of course, you do get the people, actually, who <laughs> don't have enough. But no one is completely devoid of resources. Because what the person over here has, has a jug, but it's actually really difficult to drink out of a jug. I'm not even going to try it. But what people at the other end have is they have glasses. And so this person's plenty can be put into this person's glass and together they can share what God has given. Even though it may feel as if you have nothing, actually, there is always something that you can bring to share with somebody else and together to make it work. And when that happens, when we bring what we have, inadequate as it is by itself, and we share what we have with others, it's an opportunity for God to work. Paul was writing to the Christians in Philippi from prison. And he said, I've learned to cope in good times and in bad. Whether I've got more than enough, I'm going without it, doesn't matter. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me, he said. But he also said, your gift has made all the difference in the world to me. And it's not just what they gave. It's the knowledge that they cared enough to share their resources with him. Their gift brought him joy. And it's as we share with each other 
that we share God's joy with each other as well. We're going to, we're going to sing a song now, and it's, it's one of my favourite songs because it's new and it has actions in it. So the actions are entirely um, optional, uh, but I'll talk you through it. It starts, I'm going to jump up and down. I'm going to spin right round. I'm going to praise your name forever. I'm going to shout out loud. I'm going to deafen the crowd. I'm going to send my praise to heaven. We'll sing that twice. And then the second bit goes, I will run this race and I will never stop. I'll follow Jesus till the day I drop. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you've got such a lot, when you've got not a lot, what? Be happy. And so we've seen the first part through twice, then this, then the first part again, then this, then the first part again. But the words will appear in time. And uh, if I get stuck doing the actions, Mary will lead us faithfully through them. <laughs> so, whether actions or not, can I invite you to stand? And, uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Next time you can all come out and lead that with me. That's brilliant. James, writing to Christians who are up against it, says, Any of God's people who are poor should be glad that he thinks so highly of them. But any who are rich should be glad when God makes them humble. Rich people will disappear like wild flowers scorched by the burning heat. 
of the sun. The flowers lose their blossoms and their beauty is destroyed. That's how the rich will disappear as they go about their business. And Jesus told a story once about a farmer who had a bumper crop. Absolutely mind-bogglingly huge. And you can see how he felt. He was amazed, overwhelmed, grateful, delighted. What was he going to do with it all? Well, the thing about possessions is sometimes the more you have, the harder it is to let them go. The more you have, the easier it is to be greedy. So he said, this, all of this is mine. And you can see how he felt. This is a man for whom his possessions made him quite selfish in his attitude. And there was only one problem. He had so much to store, he didn't have room to store it all. I know what I'll do, he said. I will call in the demolition team. I will destroy all the barns that I've got. I will build bigger barns. And then I will have enough room to store all of the grain that I've harvested. And you can see how he feels. Satisfied, secure, job well done, his pension plan is sorted. Not many of us feel that way. He is secure for the rest of his days. And so for him, work is a thing of the past. You can see how he feels. Puts his feet up, says to himself, you've got enough to see you through the rest of your days. Eat, drink, and be merry. Let the good times begin. But that very night, something unexpected happens. And you can see how he feels. That night, God says, what are you stupid fool? This night, your life is required of you and so who will get all the stuff that you've piled up for yourself over the years? What about us? What about our attitude? How do we feel about what we have? What counts in life is not how much you have. What counts in the sight of God is how generous you are with what you have. We're called to be givers, not to be hoarders. Cardinal Francis George said, the only thing we take with us when we die is what we've given away. Think about that for a moment. The only thing we take with us when we die is what we've given away. A couple of guys are going to help me now. I'm on a William. I have boxes of chocolates here for you. Here we go. William, fantastic. Armand, here we go. Now you could, guys, you could open the box and scoff the lot yourself. Your mums wouldn't be too pleased. And it would probably make you sick. But these are quality streets. 
quality speech are made for sharing. That was their tagline. So I'm going to invite you actually to share chocolates in your boxes. There's people here, anyone here who would like one. Uh, allergy warning. These are chocolates, okay? So they are dairy products. Some of them have nuts in, okay? If you're not sure, don't partake. But if you're allergy-free and would like to, to have one, Armand and William will gladly share them with you. And while that's happening, uh, Mary and I are going to sing a song, A Rich Young Man. of distribution is progressing slowly 
Uh, can, I, can I lead us in prayer? Let's pray. Bountiful Lord, thank you that you are willing to take all that we offer you and then multiply it for good. And we know that we grow by giving, giving in faith, giving in gratitude, giving even in want. For when we give, we give to you. And you multiply it beyond our wildest imaginations. So take all that we are, all that we have, our time, talents and money. Bless this community and grow your church through our giving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, hear the prayer of the offer. And the chocolates will continue to circulate as we sing this. seated. In a moment I'm going to ask Neil Liu who uh, works for Tier Fund as their strategic project manager of their environmental and um, I've lost the, can't read my writing yet, economic, environmental and economic sustainability program to come and share with us about the extent to which poverty is not just a lack of resources it's also, to some extent, a state of mind. Jackie's doing some activities over there for younger children. On the table over here 
There are some worksheets that tie into the story of the wealthy farmer who demolished his barns and built bigger ones. And also, if you fancy a building project, there's some cuisinaire rods. Uh, take an envelope and see how many you can, how high you can build it using your own envelope, or how high you can get it if you share resources with other people. So if you if you want to do, do something while the leader is talking, then there are activities there. See how high you can build the rods or to do the activity sheet. Rob did this at our house on Friday night. He got it 65 centimetres high, so that's kind of the, the challenge. But he did have the whole box to work with, not just the ones that were there. But Leo Liu, can I invite you to come out and let, let's, let's pray for you before you share with us. Father, pray for Leo Liu. Thank you for him. Thank you for your hand upon his life. Thank you for calling him to work for Tier Fund in his capacity. Thank you for the difference his programme and he are making on the ground in Africa. As he shares with us poverty and to what extent that is, uh, an attitude or a state of mind. Pray that you'd, you'd speak through him and enable us to learn and grow through him this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Can you all hear me all right? Good. So thank you very much for coming this morning. Good to see you all. And the greetings to those online. So for those of you who don't know me, uh, I have been a member of this church since 2000. And so is my wife, Alison, sitting there. And my mom, uh, Utah, sitting also in the row. So going to Brighton Road often is a family affair. Uh, I want to use this opportunity first to thank all of you for your prayers and support for me, for us, and for Tierfan over the years. And it means a lot. And it really makes a huge difference. Particularly, thank you for all of you who pray for me while I travel for work. So I have traveled to nearly 30 countries for Tiafan to work in the uh, years, over the years, without any major incidents, all because of your prayers. And who says prayers don't work? Did I hear amen in that? So, uh, Tim asked me this morning to uh, talk about this subject, how can poverty be, the, be as much a mindset as a lack of material resources. So, I will share with you uh, my thoughts here. I know that uh, you have got your Sunday roast tucked into the oven, set on the timer, or looking forward to go to the barbecue you have been preparing for, for a long time. So I will try to make it short. I will be short here, okay? I promise. Right. What is poverty? It's such a big subject, is it? So if I ask you this question, what is poverty? What would you say? Any thoughts that shout out? What is poverty? No food, no housing, yes. Any other thoughts? That's very good, yes, indeed. Very, very um, extensive explanation. One more. Sorry, Alison. Being without, okay. When I looked up uh, online, and uh, I found those uh, definitions. 
So in a way, they tend to focus on the material side of the matter. But is it true that poverty is just a matter of lack of material resources? In order to answer this, uh, we need to look at what poverty does to people. Proverbs in the Bible have a lot to say about what poverty does to people. There's a vivid description of Proverbs 6, 11, that then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. In Proverbs 3, 13 and 1, it talks about how poverty can break your social connection. Wealth makes many friends. Poverty drives them away. I'm sure there are many more verses you can think of and find in the Bible. One thing for sure is that poverty can pounce on any, anybody anywhere in the world at any time. And it can drag people down to the bottom of the society and can sometimes keep them there for a long time. There are many studies done on poverty and what it does to people around the world. So they all seem to come to similar conclusions. Poverty can literally change your brain and the way you think and see the world, the poverty mindset. The negative perceptions people have about people uh, who are poor affect how they see themselves. Those experiencing poverty show significantly low level of confidence in their own ability to succeed. Poverty increases the risk of mental illness, including schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, and substance addiction. Poverty, poverty can be a cause of mental illness, for example, stress resulting from poverty triggering depression. And it can also be a consequence. If you people have a schizophrenic breakdown, it decreases their social and economic status and the prospect to uh, achieve success. The study also suggests that poverty during early childhood is associated with genetic adaptation of certain behaviors, producing a short-term strategy to cope with the stress developments, the, the, the stress, sorry, producing a short-term strategy to go cope with the stressful environment you are living in. And this comes at the cost of the long-term health with increased risk to cardiac diseases and certain cancers. Children raised in environments of low socioeconomic status show consistent functions, a consistent reduction in cognitive performances in many areas, uh, particularly in language function, 
and their cognitive control, such as attention, planning, and decision-making. Poverty produces a scarcity mindset. What it means is that people in poverty tend to focus more on the immediate goals at the expenses of their peripheral tasks and long-term planning. This may contribute to the perpetuating the situation of bankrupting poverty. Poverty also makes people to take, uh, to take risks. It gives them very low self-esteem and a low sense of belonging. We can go on and on about what poverty does to people and to their mindset. The list can be very long. But among all of these negative mindsets, the worst of them all is that poverty makes people to lose hope. Some of you might have seen this uh, model called the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. It describes these different levels of human needs. From the bottom up, one builds on the other. When we look at the people who are stuck in the poverty, their primary focus is the basic human needs that you and me might have taken for granted. So there's no surprise here. If your mind is so preoccupied with thinking about where my next meal comes from, where my family is going to stay tonight, you might start to thinking about taking risks. And then you won't have that headspace to dream dreams, and you eventually, you lose hope. You feel hopeless. What can we do to break the cycle of poverty and change this poverty mindset? I believe people need a helping hand. Against all the negative perceptions they receive from others, someone from somewhere needs to come along and tell them that they are worthy and they are able and that they are loved. In John 10, it says, God wants us to have a life in full. And I believe this, this life in full is for everyone, is meant for everyone. In the work to end the poverty and the change poverty mindset, and I believe us Christians have a unique role to play. And it is also called, uh, the Lord's command. Only when we as Christians start to take actions with prayers, we will be able to see the negative and harmful mindset that poverty produced to be changed and the hope being restored.
However, with all the years working with peer funds, and uh, many of you have been working and supporting other organizations, there's no illusion here. Getting out of poverty and helping people to get out of poverty is neither a simple nor an easy task. It's really difficult. And mindset change happens not in isolation. It happens within a wide social context that includes unjust power structures of the government, of society, and the real oppressions some people might face that keeps them in the poverty perpetually. But someone, somewhere, needs to make a start. I'm going to share a few examples of those people that actually made a start. This is uh, Edward Walker. He's from Peterborough. So he set up this organization called Hope into Action in the city in, the, in 2010. So Hope into Action specializes in purchasing properties and partnering with churches to offer supported housing to people experiencing homelessness. I think, that, I think the homeless situation is no stranger to anybody here. Uh, our church and used to, I think, still run this winter shelter with others. So, Ed Walker and his wife used their savings to buy their first property, to rent it out to people who are homeless. Because you are well familiar, in the UK, if you are homeless, you can't get a job because you don't have a permanent address. So it's literally, like I just said, it keeps you there. You can't get out of it. So Ed Walker and his wife bought the first property, started this organization. Now they have houses, they are housing 315 people in 23 different cities and towns in the UK. And because of this work, he's received the uh, uh, MBA uh, uh, this year at the Queen's birthday. So when he was receiving this honor, he said this, I'm just one person committed to the idea that churches have the power to make a very significant difference to those experiencing the tragedy of homelessness. In accepting this award, we remember and stand in solidarity with all those that have experienced the trauma, suffering, injustice, and abuse of homelessness. This is how it works. Restoring hope to those who are otherwise trapped in poverty under the poverty mindset. Hope into action, indeed. Peer Fund, as you know, is working with local churches and uh, local uh, partner organizations in 50 countries around the globe. And it's also playing a role of being a catalyst 
the change maker to restore hope for people who are suffering from the reality and the mindset of poverty. So look at these two ladies on the screen. The one on the left is Betty from Uganda. Thanks to the training run by Tier Fund partner organizations and Betty's church, this single mother who is living with HIV, together with other women, have begun to build a new life and the future. Through the training, Betty and her friends have learned how to rear quails, you know, the little birds, and to sell the eggs for a profit. Betty now feels encouraged and empowered. God has given me the strength to start new income generating activities. Now I can save money. I have the vision to build my home, says Betty. So there's hope. Glory to God. I thank God. God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything at any time. This is what Betty said repeatedly when talking to Tiafan staff. God can do anything indeed. The second lady on the right is from Ethiopia. Married at a very young age to a much older man. Tiki is her name. Tiki had a young family of five to take care of. In addition, they adopted her brother's three children when the brother and his wife suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. And later on, her husband becoming bedridden due to a car accident. Life can be really hard for some people sometimes. Tiki finds herself without any support and burdened with this tremendous responsibility of providing for a family of 10. Surviving on just 170 Ethiopian birth, that's a local currency, a day worth about four pounds. Food was scarce, and the children would often go to the school empty stomach, with empty stomach. At first, Siggy took out a commercial loan, but the cycle paying the high interest rates and the uncertainty of irregular income of paying back the loan meant there was no hope to get out of the cycle of poverty. Then Tiki met with other people who joined the Tier Fund partner Keller Hayward Church. They run a scheme called self-help group. So they helped to educate Siggy and uh, other women like this in similar struggling situation about the importance of savings and encourage them to make a start of planning for the future. 
At the same time, the Kalahewa Church also teaches these women livelihood skills to generate income. So you can't save money if you don't have it at the first place. So these two have to go hand in hand. So Siggy and the other ladies joined this self-help group and uh, eventually they filled down their saving and uh, having a pot of money within the group. Then Siggy took out a loan within the group with very uh, uh, low interest and started to run a business selling chickpea flowers, oatmeal flowers, barley flowers, and uh, peppers. So the business grew, and uh, eventually it was so successful, the local shops started to stock her produce. Siggy started to pay back her loans, and today she feels so blessed that people encouraged her to join the self-help group. Whenever I think of my group, she said, the love and the sisterhood fills me, fills my heart with joy. I will never forget what the group members have done for me. Siggy says with a smile on her face. Looking around up and down the country and around the world, where, whether it's care funds work or other organizations work, there are many stories like this you can count. But what they have in common is they come along and tell people they are worthy, they are able, and they are loved. So they are to break that cycle of poverty mindset and tell them that there is hope. And we, together, we can do this. Poverty is never God's plan. So you are and we are. We need to be part of this plan to help people to reduce the poverty and to break the poverty mindset. And I would encourage all of us to be the catalyst. Many of them already are doing the frontline work in many different ways and take actions and to break the poverty mindset and to help people to restore hope. Thank you. I asked Liu Liu to share that message with us before it became quite as apparent as it is now that poverty is on its way to the UK uh, this winter in a big way. Um, and we face unprecedented times ahead again. Ken, please, yeah. This is completely unscripted, so forgive me. Um, many of you know that I am chairman of Horsham Matters, and we run the food bank here in the Horsham district um, in a variety of areas around the, uh, around the county. Um, let me just give you a couple of figures. Prior to COVID, in an average year, we would support two and a half, maybe three, 3,000 people in an average year. At the peak of COVID, that figure leapt to 11,500 people in a year. 
the key point of, I'm telling you here is that during that year, we received an unprecedented level of support, both through donations of food and also money. COVID is now almost a thing of the past, and we saw demand drop very dramatically during the first half of this year. We're now seeing that demand increase again almost exponentially. And as of last month, we're now at roughly 8,500 people in our county and our district needing support from the food bank. The key difference is we're not getting the same level of support and donations of money or food that we were getting during COVID. And we can only see that situation increasing dramatically as we move into the second half of the year, particularly bearing in mind what we've all heard. So my plea to you is, if you can help us with donations of food, we would be enormously grateful because supplies are running out uh, in certain areas and uh, we'd be very, very grateful for your support. So thank you for your attention. This was completely unscripted and uh, I appreciate your patience. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. No problem. As the months go by, remember that we are part of the fellowship and we are there for each other. Remember Leary's words. Uh, you are worthy, you are able, you are loved. Don't lose sight of that. Whatever gifts God has given you, use for his glory. If you can find other people and enable them to use their gifts, that is a blessing in itself. God is faithful, God is good, God is generous. We will find ourselves up against it, and many other people will as well. So, Philo, thank you for your timely word about how poverty is a mindset and how that mindset can be shaped and moulded through the church. It's a challenge for us to embrace as we move ahead into the future. And we commend each other, as we did at the beginning of the service, to God's grace and God's care. And we support each other, and we endeavour to support our community as well. Let's close by singing together, by faith we see the hand of God.
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever.